0: Hello, welcome to episode three of Stick to Sports. Uh, I'm Sean Gentilly. Very relieved to be talking to somebody other than a Verizon customer service representative.
1: <laughs> and
0: I'm Ryan Lambert.
1: Uh, I haven't had any customer service interactions recently, and it's Ryan, great. Ryan's
0: very—he's a very happy long-time Comcast customer.
1: Yeah, what could be better than Comcast? <laughs> Literally nothing.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least they're not striking. The workers for Comcast aren't At some actively point, in the middle of a
0: strike. I swear times. to God, a, a, a quick amount of background. I like. I'm not going to spend more than thirty seconds talking about this. But that's what you think. I I <laughs> I uh, switched from Comcast to Verizon with an installation date that was literally the morning that forty thousand workers on the East Coast <laughs> on strike, and uh, my service was just turned on a couple days ago. Uh, it is currently actually incorrect, but you know, whatever. It's been a a month long process. Uh, and yeah, I was ready to, I actually, we, I mean, Ryan, you, you know, this, obviously we were going to record a couple days ago and I was on the phone with him for so long that I actually had to just like take a walk and then came back and fell asleep. Like it was a physically, it was a physically draining. I
1: love, I love the idea of that. I love the idea that you were so mad that you were like, "I, I have to just lie down
0: and not be awake anymore yeah. for like three yeah, hours." Yeah, dude. I walked, I, I, I walked to a pizza place and ate two slices, and then, <laughs> and came back, and it was like eight thirty, and I, and I actually fell asleep in my bed. Like I, I was, I was completely, completely emotionally drained. Like I, it takes a lot to get me to scream on the phone at somebody, but I, I finally, I finally reached my breaking point. So. Yeah,
1: with Comcast last year, we had a thing where we were just losing service, I don't know, every few days for like a month, and (laughs) they would have to... Like I would have to get on the phone with them, and they send like a refresh signal or something, and you could, and then they're like, "Well, you know, you can send your own refresh signal, and then when you try to do that through their website, their the website says you have to call somebody." It's a great system, but anyway, it's, it's a
0: swamp, and just <laughs> whatever, whatever cable service you have right now, just keep it and don't ever change it, and pay whatever they ask you to. <laughs> because it's not worth it. Because it's not worth it.
1: The best part was so all that was during. Boston had I think it was hundred and ten inches of snow in like eight weeks, right. like it was insane. there was literally you know from shoveling off the the sidewalk and the driveway, there was literally an eight foot snowbank in front of my house, and yeah. so they like when I got on the phone with Comcast, they sent someone out finally to like fix it for good, and then they were like, "The snowbank is too high. you have to shovel that out." Before. yeah right and but i'm like it, we're, literally we're
0: here and wait where do i put the snow to do yeah, to do right. that we're, we're out of we're out of space I, yeah. I, I i found i i ended up talking to a customer service representative like a couple weeks ago and this guy was clearly a manager who got pressed into talking to you know idiots like me and Just due
1: to the lack of workers right exactly yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and he was and he was great <laughs> and his name was tim and he called me like literally every day. This is not a joke. Every day for like two straight weeks, in, in, until until I actually got service. And I I actually kind I kind of miss talking to him. I, I wish I wish I were talking you to him. Right now. Up a, you could have really I, struck up a, like a
1: long lasting friendship.
0: I started keeping track of all the different reps that I was talking to. Like oh, I, sure. I I probably talked to twenty or twenty five. I was on the phone for solid solid eight hours or so. Eight eight, eight or ten hours and uh had multiple appointments canceled and here I am. I've talked about this for 10 goddamn minutes. Let's <laughs> let's talk about something else.
1: At le- I'll say this in closing. At least when Comcast screwed me for like literally a month straight, they gave me 3 free months of showtime
0: to make up for it. I, well, that was that was why I blew a gasket yesterday because Tim got me $20 off my bill uh for like the duration of the contract. So I got $20 off my bill for, for two years. And then whenever I was talking to to this guy yesterday about an issue with the speed of my internet connection, I thought he said that I thought he said I was losing that discount basically. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I completely just, you know, melted down on him. So ergo, ergo, this podcast is coming out a couple of days later than it should have. And, uh, I, like, depressed ate a couple pieces of pizza just because I, I, needed, I needed something.
1: For me, like, the depressed eating food is 100% a number two from McDonald's.
0: Yeah, that's good. It's Large
1: double. with a Coke. Let's go. Number two is the, the two cheeseburgers, right?
0: No, that, that's,
1: I believe that's the number three. The number two is the uh, quarter pounder with cheese.
0: See, I'm not – okay, we, we probably should have this discussion, honestly. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not a big quarter pounder guy. Like I love McDonald's. I would eat it. I would eat it every day if I could. I I, hand to God. Like if I ever, if I ever really really stop caring, I'm gonna eat McDonald's. (laughs) But like I'm more of like a I'm more of a Big Mac or two cheeseburger meal kind of guy.
1: I think I think the quarter pounder is right in the middle of those two things. Like the the Big Mac is too much for me to eat in one bite, and (laughs) and the cheeseburger is too little and the quarter pounder really like that's why you get that.
0: that's why you get that's why you get two of them though also the double cheeseburger
1: that's number three mm, that's a good that's a good point double but yeah. at this point like I've, i'm so committed to the to the quarter pounder that i can't i can't go away from it also great hangover cure great <laughs> hangover cure the double qu- the quarter pounder with cheese
0: yep i agree with you
1: so yeah um but for me though like fast food restaurant where you where you're gonna eat every day if you
0: have to, Wendy's. Not even a question. I I, I can't really I can't disagree with that. I I, lo- I love fast food. I oh love, yeah, it's great. I, I would I would alternate. Like I I I'll eat I'll eat Arby's. I love Arby's.
1: There's not an Arby's near me. I don't know that I've ever had Arby's. I have in my to make life. I have to make like a special trip to go to Arby's. Like there's not there's not one close to where I live. That's me with Taco Bell. It's like an extra ten minutes out of my way, but like sometimes I will do it.
0: Yeah, but I, sure. I eat Arby's. I eat Arby's, you know, twice a year or whatever, and it really <laughs> should be more. I might go eat Arby's right now. <laughs> <laughs> if I hadn't had a spicy chicken sandwich from
1: Wendy's today, I would be making the same decision already. <laughs>
0: Uh okay.
1: But the other thing related to like why we're doing this late by the way mm-hmm. is that last week I was in New York City for like 5 days, which a great time. I loved being there. <coughs> it's like maybe my favorite place on earth is New York City. But the problem is that when you go away for any length of time in, you know, 2016, you I came back to I think it was 12 shows and like seven or eight missed podcasts that like just piled up on DVR or whatever that I had no time for while on vacation. And then now like I'm still working through it and I hate myself. You watch, you
0: watch too many TV shows. You're a billion percent right about that. That's not like how many, (laughs) and obviously we're talking about like, we're talking about big bang theory reruns that you DVR'd from you know, FX. Or you. Stuff, I would never watch a, a
1: rerun of that show. However, there is a new episode on in like two hours and I'm yes, exactly. going to new, watch it.
0: New episodes, it's established. You, you're all in.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, but let's see. I'm going to look at the scheduled DVR shows I have coming up. Uh, Big Bang Theory, <laughs> uh, Inside Amy Schumer,
0: fine
1: yep and then now we're on to sunday which is bobs burgers game of thrones carmichael show last man on earth silicon valley veep and last week tonight that's just sunday that's like 3 hours oh, of boy. tv
0: no problem i uh i i want to watch the i want to watch the carmichael show it's I, great I, I need i need to watch that um i love silicon valley and uh, other than that, I don't think I watch it. Oh, in Veep, I, I, but I'm, I'm behind on Veep. Other than that, I, I don't, I don't watch any of those. Well, I mean, you must have a lot more time on your hands,
1: that's for sure. Not really.
0: I'm just, <laughs> I just sit around, man.
1: You're misallocating it into other areas of misallocation. Yeah. No,
0: it's uh, yeah, I, I, I guess so, honestly. I don't really have a good explanation. Like, I I don't have a good explanation for why I don't watch game of thrones. Like I, I just, I just, I just missed it. And after, after every year I'm like, yeah, I'm going to catch up. I'm going to catch up. There's more than enough time in in between episodes. And I, and I never, and I never have, I, I I don't know if it's some weird, like procrastination thing or, or what, but I've missed like two of the main zeitgeisty sort of shows of, uh, I mean, really, the last, the last decade or 15 years, because I was that way with Lost. I didn't watch Lost until it was, until it was, after, until it was off the air. Like, I, I don't know what my problem is.
1: Well, I mean, uh, Lost, it's one of those things where you put up with a, an extraordinarily frustrating show because mm-hmm. you wanted to see all the mystery unraveled. Right, and then eh, they unraveled like eighty percent of the mystery, and I think that's why everybody really, like in retrospect, hates Lost. Right, and because, that's because, what... like, when it was done, thirteen
0: questions had not been answered yet, and no, and and I think part of the reason I enjoyed it because I did watch it eventually. Part of the reason I enjoyed it was because I knew that that there was no resolution or there wasn't enough resolution. Uh, for for a lot of the people who watched it right like I, the the main reason i didn't watch lost is because my, it was my false it came on my false like the first semester of college for me and i was just like being you know a contrarian piece of shit i guess and, <laughs> and wouldn't in and like it was like, oh, like everybody's watching everybody's watching lost in the in in the in the dorm lounge i'm i'm not gonna do that it was a idiotic decision but, yes and no. I'm, because
1: here's the thing. So they, when they were like, okay, well, we have to, we have to wrap up Lost. And then they didn't do that for, you know, sitting and not even like tangential questions. There were tangential questions that didn't get answered, but also like there's an episode where they inexplicably go back in time for a second and like people are shooting at them and they're like,
0: well, what's that all about? Why were people shooting at us? No explanation literally yeah, right. just like and knowing, not and knowing that it. that like knowing that there wasn't that 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 resolution wasn't coming you know i i, I think it kind of let me enjoy the show a little bit more yeah sure honest. i would have because i'm with you though dude like if i would have if i would have stuck with that show from from the jump until it was over i would have been irate <laughs> but you know at, at the end but knowing that you know it made so many people unhappy it sort of was freeing in in some way
1: For me, the best part of it, though, was... So they acknowledge in the end that, like, hey, we kind of blew it by not explaining everything. Mm -hmm. So on the DVD of the final season, they inserted an extra, and this is a million percent true, where they literally had two of the characters walk into a room and explain to people who had never been on the show before, like, literally just as exposition start. As exposition gets where someone was like hey what was the deal with the polar bears and they were like well right. okay so the deal with the polar bears was this and this
0: was like a 15 minute extra feature on the show right. and like i i totally like i've forgo- and this is a couple years ago that i watched it like i've totally forgotten where the polar bears came from like it doesn't matter i but i but no, I, they I didn't remember-
1: explain it on the show that's the goddamn point you didn't forget you just weren't told
0: and that's the amazing part of it um, yeah because because by the time like I, I sort of checked out i think i i think i wa- i watched the last couple the last couple seasons the, the last season or two I, but I really stopped paying attention basically by the end of the fourth i was like okay this is good i've i 've had my fill you know charlie 's dead very sad you know it's not penny 's boat though not penny 's boat
1: classic
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ugh, what a rotten show but I am, I'm the same way with a show that is by all accounts, like unbelievable. One of the great shows of recent memory justified. I've seen like three episodes of it and I was like, oh, this is good. And I, you know, I've never gone back and rewatched a second
0: of it. See, that's crazy though, because like you have, like I, I have TV blind spots, right? Like there's just stuff that there's just stuff that I haven't watched and it's not just lost or. Is it the show blind spot on CBS? Yeah, see, like, I, I know you watch that. I know I you absolutely watch that don't. I just know that exists. Like, I know you watch, joke. I know you watch, uh, like, Under the Dome and just like random. <laughs> I swear to God, I watched a season of Under the Dome. Yeah, like, I, I it's just not, and, and, I, and I'm, and I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that, that, like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There is. Have I watched I, no, it. No, no, there no, no, absolutely no, no. I, I waste, I waste time in plenty of other ways. But, like, uh, point, point being is, like, there's plenty of stuff. There's plenty of television shows that I just haven't seen. But for you, knowing that you watch almost literally everything, for you to, for you to have it's not true. seen Justified, is that's, that's,
1: that's remarkable. Well, so what happened was the first season was like super serialized and it was just like bad guy of the week kind of stuff. And I hate shows like that. So then, like in the second season, or maybe even late in the first, they were like, "We're not going to do that anymore." And by that point, I was already like, "This is stupid. I'm out." Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it won like multiple Emmys and all that kind of thing. And it and now it's one of those things where it's like, "Do I really want to watch five,
0: no, six seasons of that?" Right. Like and that's always and that's always the way. That's always the way I, I approach stuff. Honestly, like it's it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing that show's done. I guarantee I would enjoy it. Like, but. That's just a major, major, major commitment. Yeah, I don't know if I can do it.
1: Yeah, and and like you were saying earlier, you you've never seen Game of Thrones, like, right? I I hadn't seen I hadn't seen it or read it. I have friends who have like read all the books a bunch of times mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and they were all like, "Oh, this is going to be such a good show." This is gonna, and I was like, yeah, "I'll watch it," but I'm not going to yeah. read the books.
0: Yeah, like, and I realize this is like it's like perilously close to people who like brag about not watching tv or like that is those people by the way are the worst it's the worst and that's the, that's absolutely not what i'm doing like i i watch a lot of tv i just kind of don't watch the right shows and i'm usually like especially at this time of year i'm like half-heartedly watching like playoff games or whatever per, yeah. per, pretending to do my job sure
1: yeah, that that's what uh intermissions and playoff games have become for me is like I'm gonna watch fifteen minutes of the grinder or whatever.
0: Yeah. What did you
1: what did you watch during Penn's Caps last night? Um Another I, episode of Big Bang Theory. I, I, assume. I was I was actually at Bar Trivia last night. So I did not watch any uh well, I mean I, I watched it like it was on in the bar, but I didn't like pay close attention, unfortunately. It was fun. It was a fun hockey game. Yeah. I mean, all the games in this series kind of have been, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's been really like physical and in, in much the same way as like uh, any games or like any series where the teams like clearly dislike each other, mm-hmm. you go, oh yeah, this, this is the good stuff. Like even if the hockey w- isn't necessarily good, which mm-hmm. it actually has been in, in the, in this series overall. Mm-hmm. Um, like these teams clearly dislike each other they're clearly trying to like knock the other good players out of games right. with late hits or whatever
0: and the like, speed like the yeah. speed of, of these games makes up for when the actual hockey isn't isn't great like right. it's like it's there's there's a certain and I think this is what you're talking about yeah that like sort of extra <laughs> That extra sort of stuff that comes when two teams legitimately don't like each other, yeah, it feels like a wrestling angle a lot, yeah, of yeah right and it, and it carries it carries the game when the when the quality of play isn't mm-hmm. necessarily there
1: yeah it, it's just like and and it's it's funny because there there has been a lot of the time where the quality of play hasn't been great, and it 's just nothing but you know neutral zone turnover. Mm-hmm leads to, you know, shot wide, leads to neutral zone turnover, lead, you know, and just, it goes on and on like that, and it can, it can get a little tough to watch, but the fact that they're doing it at a speed that, like, you know, if they were doing this in, say, King Sharks, you'd mm-hmm. just be like, oh my god, I wish this game was never on TV at all. Right. Right. But it's so It's so interesting how, you know, how fun this game can be, and how not fun it can be even when you're playing kind of the same like level of high event hockey Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of shot attempts but it's it can be slow and methodical but there's a lot of shot attempts and it can be you know like a ping
0: pong game basically yeah yeah and then especially with pens caps like that series maybe not last night but certainly certainly in game three in in game two like it's been really close to completely devolving into just total, total dumbassery at at any given moment. So that adds the sort of that adds to, to the entertainment value of it, honestly. Because it, yeah. it it like like last night, it really felt like something really really stupid was going to happen. <laughs> and even though and even though and that's without you know, that's without Pittsburgh dressing Tom Sestito, which would have probably guaranteed that yeah. something that something stupid would have happened but it, it it was man it was on the on the brink for most of it and the end result was you know a pretty a pretty great a pretty great overtime game
1: yeah it's like the fast and the furious movies in that way where it's like <laughs> it it just it's just everything seems like a build up to one big like dumbass set piece mm-hmm. and then and then when you're watching it Intellectually, you understand like this is bad and not and not fun. But like you're <laughs> watching it and you're going, "This is amazing."
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. It, it like last night, Carl Haglin came out of the box and and it had a breakaway, and I think it was Jason Chimera. I he essentially shoved Haglin in into Holtby, and and Haglin did this really awkward like somersault. It, it it looked like he he was gonna sprain his neck or something. And it, at that point, I was like, "Oh, this is it! Like, there's gonna be, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, like line benches, brawl. or th- there's gonna be a line brawl. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's just gonna happen." But it didn't, and and that's sort of the, the script the whole thing has followed. Like, there's been these, there's been these little near blow-ups. but man, it's it it it's, it hasn't evolved in, into total insanity, and that's about all you can ask for. From, that, by the from... way,
1: is one of my favorite, uh, like. Sneaky, dirty plays is like when a guy has a partial breakaway or whatever you show oh, yeah. into the net yeah right because, uh, like cause because... it looks like it's chaos, it looks like everything has come unglued, and right. usually like it doesn't hurt a guy that like i'm sure it doesn't feel great, but no but very rarely do you see a guy go you know
0: torso first into the net yeah, and right not... but it's it, it's also it's also a self fulfilling prophecy kind of on the. <laughs> On the part of the guy who's doing the shoving. Oh, for sure. Because because you're like, well, you know, f you, <laughs> you ran into my goalie, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, pound on you more. Even right. though even though you're the one that even though you're the one that pushed them. Yeah, it's that, very that's slick. That's the classic. It's move. very slick, and, and and Jason Chimera was he did that a couple times last night. It was crafty, crafty move from the veteran.
1: Yeah, it, it and that's the thing is it gives you a free pass as far as the refs are concerned. Right. Because the refs are like, "Well, he ran into the goalie.
0: You get you get to take a couple of whacks at him." Which yeah, right. By the it's way, tra- it's setting a trap. It's like it, it's you know it's like in a cartoon whenever they put whenever they would prop up a box with a stick. And there's are like a
1: roast that- beef sandwich underneath it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It except except instead of a roast beef sandwich, it's Braden Holpe. and instead of you know Daffy Duck, it's it's Carl Haglin. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean.
1: And that's the thing too. Is what I really like is that both of the coaches in in this series are more than happy to play into it. Because a lot of times you'll see a coach be like, mm, I, don't, "I don't know, none of the, like, I don't want to play that kind of game or whatever." And and both Barry Trotz
0: and Mike Sullivan are like, "You know, if you guys want to go play that kind of game, like by all means." Uh, I was I was completely completely certain that they were going to dress Tito last night. I really thought I really thought that that, that was going to happen, but. You know, you gotta gotta give Sullivan credit, man. He's he's uh, he he's engaging to an extent, but you know, you gotta you gotta figure he realized that that was gonna be a bridge too far, right? Yeah. Like, gotta you can you can be physical and you can and, and you can engage in that way, but at the end of the day, man, it's still it's still a hockey game, and uh, and Brian Rust gives you a better chance than <laughs> winning a game than than Tom Sestito does. Yeah,
1: Brian Rust is proving to be like a lot of the younger guys who played college hockey on that, (laughs) on that Penguins team. Like he's, he's
0: proving to be very useful in, in certain situations. Yeah, they're Um, fast. They're fast. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's the most important thing with Sullivan. And that's why, that's why he can put Brian Rust on, on a line with, you know, with Malkin and, and, and Chris Kunitz's ghost because, because they, they need that sort of added, that added, uh, that added element because Malkin's, you know, got a lot of East West in him, and that's what makes him great. And Kunitz, you know, Kunitz is past it. Well, he,
1: yeah, he's, he's still in the national
0: hockey league is the nicest thing we can say about Chris Kunitz
1: for sure. Um, the other thing about, about the penguin series, I guess is, uh, is how lucky they were to not lose with Chris Letang out of the lineup. Yeah. Because he, they are terrible
0: when he's not, Playing like he's more—he's more important to that team than than Crosby or Malkin. Oh yeah, and and, and and part of that's and part of that's because of part of that's because of of the group of defensemen that they have behind him. And, and uh, I will say though, Trevor Daly was spectacular last night. He yeah, was really—he he was really good, and he's and he's and he's been good in you know. Uh, he he's a flawed player but he's he's the he's a good guy for that for that system and and he stepped up but my god you if you if you would have bet money on the penguins to win that game last night uh, you Yeah that that would have been a crazy bet. No. Absolutely crazy.
1: I I mean like uh, the thing is effectively you know when whenever two elite teams in the NHL are playing each other it's a coin flip right like you don't uh you don't have any significant edge over the other team going in, like in theory. Um, but I, are the Penguins an elite team without Chris Letang? I would no. say probably not. They're not. So, <coughs> so yeah that that's the thing is. I mean, he's making Brian Dumoulin look unbelievable, and Dumoulin's like a another guy who played college hockey. He's in his early twenties. He's pretty good, but he's not. Yeah he's not
0: like one of the best defensemen in the playoffs and Chris Latang's no, almost I think, making him look that way. I, I think that's, that's what, that's part of what Letang's doing differently this year than in years past is he's elevating other guys' games like very, very noticeably. Yeah. And, uh, it, and I mean, that's, he was third on my Norris ballot. Like I thought he was, I thought it was great. I, I voted for him over Drew Doughty in, in, in that spot. You know, and maybe that's and maybe that's confirmation bias because I'm, you know, watching him a lot. Yeah, but you see him eighty, well, not eighty, but like probably fifty times a year or yeah, something. Yeah. So, so, so flip the coin. You know, stick him at four and dowdy at three. But either way, yeah. I mean, he's no, one he's of the no, great defensemen imagine, in the league. Yeah, he's he's no lower than that this year. Yeah, and and
1: that's the thing is, especially in these playoffs, like he's just brought it to another level. He's averaging like almost 30 minutes a game in this capital series. And he, he's basically doing for the penguins, what Eric Carlson did for the senators for 82 games. Like, yeah, it, it's that level of dominance. And it's really great to watch, even though he's kind of a shithead who totally like goes into that. Oh, hole. See,
0: that's, that's the other thing too. Like that's, that's what, that's what was really funny about. And I shouldn't say it's that funny because you know, whatever you don't want, you don't want guys uh, you know what, guys taking late shots and and making a bunch of head contact and whatever, but like that was like old Letang. That yeah, it, that that was like three years ago. Uh, bad Chris Letang, because because you can tell when like like you're like it, it was always really easy uh, before to be like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna do something insane. It's going to happen. Yeah he's going, he's going to freak out and in, you know, in and whatever. And, and it's, and he's going to get thrown out of the game or do something irresponsible. And he's, he cut out a lot of that stuff too, which is, I mean, <laughs> until, until he got suspended. So, you know, whatever, but no, he's, he's a, he's a great player. And I am, you know, each game is, is, is its own thing. And you're stupid to, to to predict them individually but my my god i i am surprised that washington didn't win that game last night
1: yeah and i mean that's probably it for them in the series like there's i don't want to say it's impossible or anything like that but the odds right. that they
0: come back from down 3-1 seem quite slim at this point yeah it doesn't it doesn't happen that often and pittsburgh hasn't lost 3 games in a row since you know december or Whatever, like there, I I don't know the exact date, but it's been a really really long time since yeah. that team since that team has strung together three bad games, so it's not looking good.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's just one of those things where you know, um, I, I really do think that the coaching change did Pittsburgh like this huge world of good. Like I mean, demonstrably so. It's not this isn't <laughs> me going out on any kind of a limb here. No, but just. Like, that's the reason, like, that system and fitting it to those players and that kind of thing is the reason why the Penguins are good. And it's one of those things where they probably are, you know, now realizing the the thing that Anaheim's going to realize in, like, two years when it was like, oh, when we had that really good coach, we probably shouldn't have let him go because we've been not very impressive ever since. And it took us another coaching hire to, to really figure it out.
0: Yeah, and then and then the Ducks the Ducks will hire who they hire and Pittsburgh will fire Mike Sullivan in 4 years and then Mike Sullivan can go coach the Ducks. That's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, that's that's usually how it works. <laughs> but like that's the thing is you see all these teams and it's not just in hockey. It's uh, the Pacers firing Frank Vogel, it's where you go you understand that like this has nothing to do with coaching, right? Right, like literally nothing at all. Like the reasons that you're losing is not in any way coaching related, and the right. G- and the GMs are like, mm,
0: "I don't agree," and that guy's fired. I a a word about about Frank Vogel too, by the way. That is, in you know whatever I I don't want to. I'm not gonna. I don't mean to shit on Larry Bird, but like that this morning was. Bonkers, bonkers, a hundred percent. He threw he. It was it was it was painful. It was painful to see because because Bird first off said, you know, well we didn't we didn't fire Frank. We just didn't we just didn't give him a we just didn't give him a new contract. Right, which and, fair enough. I guess which is but... fine. Yeah, right. But then but then he also let it leak that 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 Vogel basically begged for his job uh, over the phone the day yeah. before. And or the, like, the, the, the morning of, and, and it was, you know, it, it sounded, uh, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was tough to see. Like he, he completely, uh, like the, the firing thing is just semantics at this point. Like, yes, yes, he didn't have a contract, but, but he also begged for his job and he doesn't work there anymore. So that sounds like he got fired.
1: Right. And, and the thing too, with like him begging for his job, I don't. I don't see that as being any kind of, um, I don't know what the word would be, but like something like facetious where he's like, well, you know, you should keep, like, he's not like if Randy Carlyle or, or whoever had been like, oh, but I should really keep this job. Like he was a, he's a good coach. Right. That like the team, the the roster construction of the Indiana Pacers was not conducive to that team winning in the playoffs. It just wasn't. Oh God.
0: Right. So. in. So for right. him to be so let go it, 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 it's, it's, is e- it's easy to right it's easy to say you know that um i and this 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 goes back to what you were saying like Frank vogel was begging for a job that he actually did deserve to keep yes like 100% that's, that's that's what it comes down to and, and a lot of a lot of coaches would 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 do that and it it would be easier <laughs> it'd be easier to say like well you did you did a bad job so whatever um, but that that wasn't that wasn't the case with him, honestly.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, in the NBA or the NHL where like good coaching can act it's not like baseball where it doesn't make a much of a difference, right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I, I I think the, the number from you know, my years of reading baseball, like between the numbers and that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the best managers add like maybe four wins a year, which is mm-hmm not you know in 162 games is marginal at best whereas you know Bruce Mudrow probably adds i don't know 10 15 points to to his team's total every year and that's yeah i mean i mean Yost, massive numbers
0: Travis Travis Yost had a some sort of uh, uh this is going to sound really general because i i don't i don't remember actually how he came to it but he, but he was <laughs> he somehow came up with with uh that adding Boudreaux is like adding a, a first line winger essentially when, in the effect that it has on your team yeah which i mean i believe
1: oh yeah i mean it's totally believable and that, and that's the thing is anaheim you know for all it's for it was a real really good team this year but it just boils down to who do you get that does the
0: that job better with that same team and i don't and and, and that's not and i what I, I do struggle with this to an extent too because for as great as the ducks were, they had a great season. They they played like total. They played like shit the first the first couple games of that series. So that so that's like where that's where you can sort of. I'm not going to say that I certainly would wouldn't have fired Boudreau, but you can see like okay, uh, why why did that happen? Why do, why did those guys look so terrible? And and there doesn't need to be a reason for it. Like that's it's some like. Guys play. Guys have bad games. You know, there doesn't there doesn't need to be a cause for for everything. But if you're searching for cause for something like that, it's the easiest thing to do is is to say, well, Bruce Bruce didn't motivate them, or Bruce you know Bruce had them playing tight or whatever. So we need to make a change. But man, they 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 were they they were they were trash. The the first oh yeah, hundred percent they were. But like. You know, again, you 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 look at it and you go, well,
1: is this on Boudreaux or is this right. on, say, Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff, who barely scored in that series?
0: Yeah, right.
1: And, uh, and granted, they ran into a hot goalie who's like, you know, has didn't have a great year this year, but like is historically a very good goalie. Mm-hmm. So you go, eh, you know, uh, ba- and basically that's the thing is throughout Boudreaux's entire career, where you know you you look at who the goalies that he's played and lost to in game 7 it's like vesna winner vesna winner hall of famer hall of famer like it's crazy so on some level you just have to be like yeah, sometimes you're just going to
0: lose a seven game series to a team with a better goalie than the one you have i mean he has that yaroslav halak in 2010 that is the that's the standard right. that is you know, that is uh, the measuring stick for for getting railroaded by a by a hot goalie, and yeah. that is the reason. That's the reason they lost that series. That is the reason, obviously. That's that's the reason Boudreau was fired. That's the reason the Capitals like spun out into you know three years in in, in the wilderness after that. I mean, you know, it, the the repercussions of of Yaroslav Halak having seven bonkers games against against the capitals i mean they're they're far flung so yeah i mean of course the the dude more than anything has has horrendous luck and he's and he's paid for it for it you know with two uh, jobs now yeah, yeah. With, with 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 some amount of public embarrassment but you know there's also a reason there's also a reason he was unemployed for like 45 minutes the, the first time and that he's gonna get you know a, a job here real soon yeah and too. he's
1: gonna get paid like crazy
0: right. as
1: well and, and but again, you know, you just you look at all the all the job openings in the NHL right now, and there are four. One of them, Anaheim. So Boudreaux not up for that. But like, <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm you that, don't
1: know that. You never know. <laughs> That's true. That would be unbelievable.
0: But well, I, they should. Well, they, they should just hire him and and act like it's like not acknowledge that he was the coach before. Well, to be fair, just treat, still it, treat it like contract. a brand new hire. Yeah. He's still Let's under contract
1: for another year at like two million dollars or whatever it is. And so they could just bring him back and that's fine. But what what's interesting to me is because of the way in the NHL, it like the NHL is going in the way other leagues have where coaches get paid a ton of money. And mm-hmm. they should. Because mm-hmm. again, like if you're a great coach, you know, I don't know what the value added for like Mike Babcock is, mm-hmm. but I got to think he might be pretty close to worth what people consider to be an astronomical coaches contract, right? Like right. if you're adding, let's say 10, 10, points to your team's total at the end of the year, that's right.
0: There's that's no worth reason like there's six, no
1: re- six million, $8 million. Right. There's, almost. There's
0: no reason you shouldn't make $5 million a year. Right. Huh.
1: And, and, and teams are realizing that, and they're also realizing, like, oh, we also, like, don't have that money count against the cap? Yeah. That, Interesting. Uh, Maybe we'll just start spending a crazy amount of money
0: on coaches. It was, and it's, it was I, crazy. I shouldn't say crazy. And, that, it's and, not, and that's, that's ultimately, you know, that's ultimately the biggest, the biggest reason, aside from hiring, you know, smart people, that the Maple Leafs are where they are now, because they realized not just that they're rich, but, but that they that there were ways for them to spend the money, like and and if and that means going out and hiring a bunch of a bunch of expensive uh, front office guys, and it means going out and paying Mike Babcock five and a half million dollars a year or, or whatever it is that he makes, and it means taking on salary in in deals in deals like the Clarkson dump and 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 whatnot. It's crazy that it took them that long to, you know, put a team in place that that realized that. That sort of stuff was possible it's crazy but but that but that more than anything is 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 what's behind all of this they They realize that they have a lot of money to throw around, and there's a lot of different places to do it other than other than player contracts right and
1: and the and the thing too is like you, you with that in mind, you look at the three job openings and you're like, okay, well, there's literally no way Bruce Bootrow goes to Ottawa then because mm-hmm. Ottawa's never going to spend money yeah right um but like Minnesota and Calgary, those are two teams that could, A, use the extra 10 points a year. Minnesota mm-hmm. probably more so. But B, spend yeah, the, the money. cap, have money to throw around, sell out mm-hmm. almost every night. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I can't imagine that, like, in a reasonable world, Bruce Boudreaux doesn't make at least Dan Biles money, if not
0: more. Oh, yeah, certainly. Certainly. And and you know, that's what, that was the goal. That was the, that was the goal for Babcock. And, and to a lesser extent, that was, that was the goal for Bilesma is that, is that they wanted to reset the bar in terms of coaching salaries. Like that was something that was important to them when, when they were looking for other jobs. I mean, that's, that's the main reason Bilesma sat out, sat out a season was because the money, the money wasn't there and, and he felt, you know, not just on a personal level, but sort of on like a, you know, in the weird coaching fraternity level that it was up to him to, uh, partially up to him to, to, to raise the cost. And I, and I think a guy like Boudreaux is going to benefit from it. And he might be the first guy really, uh, other than, other than those first two, other than Babcock and Bilesma. Boudreaux might be the first guy to, to to really see, you know, uh, really see the benefit of, of, uh, of, of what those guys managed to pull off last year. Yeah. and, and,
1: You know, it also speaks to the idea, especially the Calgary situation, where it's like, there are a lot of teams that don't have good coaches out there. Mm -hmm. And when a guy like Boudreaux comes on, now Calgary says, well, we didn't didn't actually think about the Boudreaux thing when we fired Bob Hartley. It's like, well, I mean, first of all, if you didn't, that's ridiculous. Mm
0: -hmm. And second
1: of all, you did. Um, (laughs) Like... The idea, the idea that you're sitting there going, "Well, we have a coach who's clearly bad at his job, like not just not good at it, but like actively hurting the team." Um, and, and you know, Calgary's coach or uh, front office people said things to that effect in the immediate wake of that firing, where I think Tree Living said, "You know, uh, he'd taken this team as far as he could have,"
0: and it's like, "Ooh, that is that is a sick yeah, burn." Like- yeah, right. Whenever you're talking about a team that missed the playoffs handily, you know, that's not that's not a, that's not a phrase you 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 want to have a fix to you. Yeah,
1: and then and it was partly because, you know, they, they brought in a lot of guys who like drive play and don't necess- and it doesn't necessarily show up, you know, in your in your goals column or whatever, um, and. He didn't play them, or he didn't play them as much as he should have. Like Dougie Hamilton got fewer minutes than Chris Russell and Dennis Wideman this year. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's the
0: craziest cr- thing I've ever heard in my life. And they're and 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 the re- the reason they're in the reason they're on the team is because a guy like Tree Living like knows he's not an idiot, right? He know, he knows what they bring to the table. Right. He knows what makes them good, and and he knows that they can make his team better. So to have a coach that isn't on the same page and doesn't implement stuff in that way. Of course, he got fired, and that's and to me, that's it. it circles back to baseball too. Uh, like you look at a guy like, uh, and you know, I'm I'm speaking from a place of bias here because I live in Pittsburgh. But like you look at a guy like Clint Hurdle with with the Pirates, like is is he is he the greatest tactical manager on the like on the face of the earth? Like no, definitely not. He does stuff that makes me scratch my head on on a regular basis. But you know, the the guys really like playing for him. A and B. And this is his biggest asset in terms of his own continued employment, really, is that he is on the same page with, with, with the general manager. He does exactly what they wanted to do in terms of like doing implementing weird defensive shifts and and uh, doing stuff with you know, tracking tracking player like how tracking how much players rest and, and how much exertion, like all, all that sort of stuff. They're yeah. they're trying all sorts of crap. And, and and hurdle is 100 percent on board with it, and, and, he, and he implements it, and you know still finds a way to to make the team, you know, sort of his own. And that's you know when when you clearly have a situation like in Calgary where it's just two different trains of thought. I mean, of 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 course, of course, Hartley was going to get fired.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the other thing that's important here is that. Um Babcock is, is a good example of now he has input on the personnel side as well. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And he, like so he knows what kinds of players he wants in the system and the and the teams basically like the people above him are basically saying like, Oh yeah, this guy that that the coach wants is like fits in with what we want as well. And, you know, obviously they're gonna have veto power in theory. Um But at the same time, you look at what, like, Arizona just did, right? And Mm -hmm. they name a kid who's got one year of front office experience as their GM, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I think it's, what was it? Uh, They're One of the guys who's, like, the co-owners of the team is, like, in charge of hockey operations, and now the head coach is the VP of hockey ops? And it's like, well, I mean... Yeah, Dave Tippett's a great coach, but like I don't know that I want him being the guy, kind of like
0: right. I mean, if you if you do general manager, yeah, right. If you do something like that, you know, some sort of non traditional setup like that, even even though we've seen more and more of it over the last couple years, yeah, in basketball especially. Right, you gotta you gotta make sure that it works. You gotta make sure that you pick the right guys. I mean, it's it's it really is that simple. Like, it's easier to have. You know I mean i we keep coming back to the leaves, but their 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 power structure makes so much sense in in every single way like you can look you can look at those guys, all six of them in in the brain trust or whatever it is, and you can say, yeah, I understand exactly what 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 this person does I understand what 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 their area of of responsibility and expertise is, and I see how they work together uh, and and they 're all really clearly very good at their jobs and with with arizona though it 's I I don't know. I don't know about that, man. It's, it's, it's interesting. It'll it be fun. Is,
1: yeah. Because you, it, it could go, you know, one of two ways in theory, like it could be a guy like, um I don't know. I think it's Stan Van Gundy is like one of the president is like president of basketball operations for the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And right. in addition to being the head coach and mm-hmm. like the Pistons are, they're not a great team right now, but like, they three, three, four years from now. Like they have some pieces in place where you're like, Oh, they could sure. be very good for um, sure. And like Stan Van Gundy gets to then build around that in addition to coaching the team, how he wants it and that kind of thing. Right. But also but, like doc rivers. <laughs> yeah. Is just right. managing
0: the Clippers into the ground and that team should right. be a, way better a, than it is. Doc's doc's a great coach, but you know, I don't, I don't think Doc's a great GM. No, he's not a good GM at all. (laughs) Right. So you know, and then like back to the back to the Coyotes too. I you feel like you feel like they just they wanted they wanted a young guy, right? Which is fine, but I think more importantly, they might have wanted a cheap guy, right? I think that's part of it. And, and you've got to figure they, they go after Dubis, And, and he says, no. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, who can we next? get for 85 grand? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, we got that guy down the hall.
1: He could work. Yeah. They didn't even have to pay moving costs for this. This is
0: a great deal for the coyotes. I, I, I heard he doesn't even get a new office. <laughs> he's sitting, he's sitting at a, at a cubicle with, you know, I don't know. Like, Oliver Reckman Larson or something. They they
1: did give him like one of those uh those flat TVs that just shows like a scenic picture, mm-hmm. so he can, so he can feel like he has a window.
0: Yeah, I mean if if you can't have a window, you know, that's the next best thing. That's the dream, man.
1: And hey, he's twenty six. He he can graduate to that window by the time he's thirty. Oh, for dude, sure. I, you
0: you know this is true though. You you know that that this guy is like he is the litmus test for all 26 or 28 oh, year old general yeah. managers moving forward. If he, if he fails, we will never see a general manager under the age of 40 again. Cause that's just, a, that's just the way the league operates. I, I think Kyle Dubas might be the big, but like if Dubis, he, and- Dubas Dubis is, Dubis is the unicorn, but, but yeah, but the, okay, fair
1: enough. Yeah. I guy, agree with that. What, what it'll really be though, is like, pff, this guy came from analytics. You know Uh, what I mean? Like, because this is a guy who, minimal hockey playing career, he certainly, I don't think he was, like, in the WHL or anything like that, right? So, like, that's always been kind of, like, the bare minimum that you... But once you have that, like... It doesn't matter. you can be the wor- you could have been the worst player. Colin Campbell's the perfect example, right? The guy was like a shitty defenseman for the California Golden Seals. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the second most powerful man in hockey today.
0: Yeah, it will be and will be until
1: he dies by the way. Yeah, oh, 100 percent. he can literally do anything. He can call other players in the leagues like the worst names in the book and, and all these dumbass emails. like that's the thing. He should not have access to an email account but you you would have
0: thought they would have learned their lesson yeah right? but no
1: but no he's bulletproof like he he's out here basically telling refs like call penalties for my son and they're like well we're just going to not let him be in charge of player discipline anymore
0: right and now and now and on, on the other hand you've got John Jacob who needs to do a good job on behalf of every single <laughs> like stat-based front office Anybody Uh, who's ever had a Twitter account for the next 25 years, basically. (laughs) So they're all they're all counting on you. No pressure, kid. Yeah. But hey, he's
1: 26. He'll bounce back.
0: Yeah. What could go wrong? It's it's the Arizona Coyotes. (laughs) Oh
1: God, what a mess. Mm. But anyway, this has been like I think 50 minutes of podcasts or something. This is good. This is enough. I feel like we've reached our limit. I feel like yeah. people don't want to hear any more front office slash coaching nope, talk. No, nope. nope, definitely I feel like not. I'm hungry and I want to go to Burger King. <laughs> yeah, triple, triple header, man. And, you know, an hour from now I have Big Bang Theory coming on, so i got to clear some space on the schedule. Oh, one last thing that all this reminded me of, the Big Bang thing, is someone pointed out that in the first week of the show – You said the stuff about how Weezer's actually good, and in the (laughs) second week of the show, I was like, you know what I like is the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and it reminded me
0: we had that podcast idea. Oh God, yeah, we we do we do need to specifically. I was thinking about that a couple days too, a couple days ago as well. Mm,
1: I'm gonna say we don't need to specifically do the podcast where we talk about things that we like that are bad. No, because no. Now it, that's it, this.
0: We could we could. Yeah, right. We we've we've folded that maybe accidentally and in, in, into this. A hundred percent accidentally. I love, but- I love talking about terrible things that, that, that I like. Like I, I could do that I could do that all day long. Yeah. All the live long day.
1: <laughs> Saying things like that, for example, yes, exactly. is a bad thing that you love
0: doing. <laughs> that I love doing. So, yeah, I think, the, I think the worst. I think is. seriously though. I think the worst thing that I like doing is this podcast.
1: <laughs> it's pretty bad.
0: See you next week.
1: Okay, bye.